0: Podcasting out of Alliance Wrestling Studios, pontificating on pro wrestling, the innovator of talk NWA, he is Jay Cal.
1: Things going on in your life, and and, you know, this whole COVID-19 that's you know, certainly puts a pause on everything that you're dealing with. But um, how are you holding up? Are you and your loved ones okay?
0: Yeah, man. Um, I'm okay right now. Uh, you know, obviously, this is a hard time for everyone, and the world is hurting for sure. Um, you know, we have to get creative, and we have to, you know, obviously, all stay at home. You know, home workouts, um, you know, trying to save money, trying to, you know... Keep our loved ones safe. You know, I, my dad's, you know, uh, gosh, uh, in his 60s and whatnot, it's like, you know, you worry about, you know, your, your loved ones like that, but he's okay right now. So, you know, it's it's tough, but, you know, uh, I think we're all kind of in the same boat, Netflix and, and chilling with ourselves and trying to do the best we can with what we have. And, uh, you know, man, I mean, I just hope we all come together and we're stronger uh, on the back end of this, you know? Right.
1: And I, I think, uh, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. I've got kids at home, you know, and we're sitting here just waiting to find out what happens next. You know, uh, my kids probably won't be going back to school this year.
0: So, uh, you yeah. know, my, I mean, my dad's a professor and it's one of those weird things where, like, he has seniors that are going to just graduate online. You know, what I mean, like they're never going yeah. like, to go back. To, I mean, uh obviously it's not like we feel bad for millionaire athletes, but like, it was weird to watch Vince Carter's career end like impromptu in the middle of the season and not because of like an injury him just to be like, Oh, like we're canceling the season. I'm done right now. Okay. Like it's, it's a, it's a weird time for sure.
1: Right. And and I mean, I don't know if you're a fan of baseball, but like there might not be a season at all, you know, and they just keep pushing everything back. It may be in June. It may be in July, but it's real crazy. There's nothing that's ever been like this before.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really never thought that I would live to be a part of a world event that was crazier than, like, 9-11, and uh, not to diminish everything that happened there, because that was a terrible tragedy, but, like, the longer-lasting impact of how... Like, obviously, 9-11 also impacted how we travel and whatnot, but this is, like, this has gone on for so long now already, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be going away anytime soon and it could be like we don't know if this is going to be a yearly occurrence or if we're going to get a vaccine next year or what the deal is but uh it's just one of those things that the whole world has been affected and now for you know like a month or whatever basically of like really serious like china's been going through it since the beginning of the year and italy's been going through it for a couple of months it's like uh i don't know everyone is going through this right now it's pretty freaking wild
1: yeah, and and I mean, uh, what a time to be alive, right? Wrestling up until this point seemed like it had never been hotter. You've got, uh, you know, WWE, of course, is the WWE, bigger than anything in the world. And then you've got New Japan is such a big deal. You've got uh, AEW that's kicking off. Um, and then there's lots of other smaller feds, places you've worked for, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, uh, AML. There's all these different wrestling promotions and it seemed like we were kind of at the pinnacle of, of wrestling in this country. And then everything's comes
0: grinding to a halt. Um, how has it, that been? It, it, it reminds me in a weird way of, uh, I wasn't wrestling at the time, but like of like a uh, 2008 financial crisis where like almost like a bubble pops where like everything was going a little bit too well. And you know then things exploded. And before you know it, we're, you know, we're in a financial crisis while uh, we're in a health crisis, you know, people can't pay their bills, you know, they're in a tough situation. It's similar, except for there's obviously the health implications and, and this seeming like might be a longer term thing. Hopefully, financially, it's not quite as much of a long term thing and people are able to, on the back end of it, you know, be OK and provide for themselves still and get back to whatever jobs that they had and whatnot. And,
1: and, you know, yourself, I mean, I know you're impacted pretty severely because you're not getting bookings right now. So,
0: what... It's tough uh, not doing bookings. It's tough not performing, obviously, and all that. I'm very lucky to be in my situation with the NWA where at least they're still taking care of me. Um, you know, so there are people out there that are definitely, you know, feeling it worse than me. Uh, and My heart goes out to people like that. Like, I, I thought about... Uh, when when everything started going down and everything started getting locked down i thought about if i was still just doing the indie grind where i was doing you know three four shows on a weekend and you know like ubering during the week and trying to make it work Like all of a sudden i'm out of every job and what do i do you know all i can do is stay at home and not make money and spend money like and just be in a and hopefully stay healthy would be a really tough much tougher situation Uh, that I'm in right now and it's like I'm certainly not in an ideal situation but at the same time I'm very lucky to have a company like the NWA helping me out and I'm really grateful to them in a time like this that they are you know they're there to take care of me and I definitely want to talk
1: more about the NWA of course my website alliance-wrestling.com our primary source of where our content comes directly from the NWA Um, but I, I want to talk about Royce the wrestler I mean you didn't just Fall on the NWA's doorsteps. You you've been putting in work for several years. I mean, just looking up your 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 match statistics: DDT in Japan, uh, UCW Zero in Utah, uh, Rocky Mountain Pro, of course, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Um, let's talk about the beginnings. Let's talk about Royce Isaacs uh, prior to to his time in pro wrestling. What motivated you to get into the world of wrestling?
0: Well, I mean, I always enjoyed it as a kid it's something that i watched with my dad and so it was like a bonding thing that we got into together i remember um when i was younger me and my neighbor he was i was more of a wwf uh guy he was more of a wcw guy uh but like i watched both products i got both for cool when we'd see each other we'd do the little too sweet you know hello and all that <laughs> stuff and, uh, i remember we were like we would do backstage or backyard uh, um Trampoline wrestling, like I, we never right. made like an actual ring or whatever. But we did the trampoline stuff. I remember one time, and I, I gave him like a body slam or something. And uh, this is like the Attitude Era was like popping, so I did like the Val Venus taunt over him or whatever, hip swivel. And like my dad gave me <laughs> a really hard time because he could see the backyard from his house or whatever, <laughs> our house rather. And uh, get, I was so embarrassed at the time. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, was, it was good times though, man. I so I was always, I was really into wrestling, and then I always. Somewhere in the back of my mind thought it might be something that I would be good at uh, But I didn't end up giving it a try I didn't start training until I was 25 And in the meantime I tried a bunch I was I was always into sports I was always into competing When I was younger I did uh, soccer I did uh, uh, hockey um, And then as I got older I, Through high school and, and college I picked up uh, both amateur wrestling And football And I did that in high school and in college And I, I think that um, all that stuff obviously helped me a lot with, like, you know, footwork and coordination and core strength and giving me something. Like, I was always lifting, so that helped me out quite a bit as well. But, um, you know, a lot of it, too, is just, like, the mental strength. Of, like, wrestling's a really tough sport on you mentally, uh, both in the ring and out of the ring. But being able to push myself mentally, being able to, you know, wrestling itself as an individual You kind of have to to mesh with other personalities and I think that being in that team environment for so long has helped me out a lot. So I've always kind of had that itch and I've always liked wrestling. Whether I knew it or not, a lot of the things I was doing was preparing me for that rest. Now, I I became familiar with your work
1: with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and of course, I'm a SoCal guy too. So, you know, I, I, I saw your maturation when you came out here. You know, I I remember your early matches in Hollywood and then you started getting booked everywhere like fist and, and, uh, bar wrestling. And of course making your way through SoCal. Um, but how did you get from point A to point B? How, How did you go from Colorado to SoCal?
0: Um, so I, uh, I started out training in Colorado. Um, you know, I, I'm very grateful for my time there and I had some amazing experiences, I was able to do my uh, tours to Japan while I was still living in Colorado. Um, I, I So I, I had done some stuff, but I, I just felt like there wasn't enough. Like in terms of, I I was growing, but not at a rate that was fast enough, both in my work and in my, like, whatever you want to call it, like my uh, like my profile wasn't building fast enough. And I didn't think I was going to get the opportunities that I wanted while living in Denver. like. Uh, there was only so far I could really go with the the, the Japanese tours and whatnot, which, which were the, some of the, the coolest experiences I've ever had. But it was like I could live on the West Coast and get out there more easily, and still have access to a lot more stuff. Like you, you really have to be around a hub if you're wrestling. And obviously, like I think there's a little bit of an East Coast bias overall to indie wrestling. But there's still like I think what one of the turning points in my head was I went to a show in Northern California. Um, where I would just go to Northern California and do like three, four shows in a weekend and try to make my money back because Denver to to NorCal was pretty cheap at the time. Um, And uh, I, I, I saw, I was at some random show and like Timothy Thatcher and Jeff Cobb were there and I was like, they're just hanging out. Like they weren't wrestling, but it was like, oh, this would never happen if I was in Denver. We wouldn't just be, like, randomly, like, oh, here's two guys that are, like, really high work rate, top indie guys. They wouldn't just be chilling there. I was like, that's an eye-opener that if I was in, like, on one of the coasts, at least, I could kind of, you know, uh, at least make more connections and be around better workers and and whatnot. And uh, I... I I had kind of thought about moving to the East Coast... uh, it didn't work out for whatever reason. And I was friendly with, uh, cause I've been doing FSW Future Stars of Wrestling in Las Vegas already. Um, I was friendly with uh, Eli Drake and he had a room opening up. So I ended up moving to Hollywood, living with him for about two years. And in that time I was able to do, uh, I was able to, to work obviously in, in the people with SoCal, which I think, I think in terms of work rate, SoCal has some of the best workers Anywhere going. And I think like the proof is in the pudding. There's a reason why PWG is from SoCal. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that environment of like everyone can go around here. And like, I'll find myself, I'll be like, oh, like so and so isn't that good. And then I'll be like, oh, you know what? Like, if I was, if they were in another spot, like they'd be one of the the better workers there. You know what I mean? Like, SoCal has people that can freaking go. And um, I've always believed, you know, like iron sharpens iron was like an old saying in amateur wrestling. want to be around the best workers and I think that being able to be around really good workers and work good workers every weekend and uh I I give a lot of credit to I did the um uh, the luchas class at Santino's quite a bit when I first came out here and I think Los luchas are one of the most underrated tag teams and in professional wrestling like that haven't really gotten their due for how good they are um and they helped me quite a bit with just like there were certain things that I wasn't super comfortable with or super capable at that they got, they just gave me that confidence to try and gave me the technique that I needed to, to be able to do it. And I think that my work rate itself helped, you know, got, got better. You know, I, I felt like I was solid before I moved to California, but I think it got much better once I moved here and I was around that environment of, you know, killers. And and I also have to give a really big uh, shout out to um, uh, jungle boy because me and him trained together quite a bit. And, uh, we would always challenge each other to kind of step it up and to do more and to try crazier stuff. And I'm I can't I couldn't be prouder of of what he's uh, accomplished so far with AEW and all the moves he's been making.
1: So I don't know if you're aware of this, but I just wanted to bring it up because you brought up Los Luchas. Did you know that they were NWA Tag Team Champions?
0: I did know that. It's not something that I like actively thought about when I brought them up, but uh, I I did know that. Uh, they, but back in the day, they were NWA tag champs, and I think it would be a really interesting team. If uh, uh, I don't, I don't know if uh, you know there'd be mutual interest from them and the NWA. But it would be cool to see them in the current NWA environment because I think they bring something kind of different to the table. But uh, I can't say enough good things about those guys. They're, they're really inspirational and they're really uh, amazing. And I'm, I'm glad that they've been able to kind of like get a little bit of like a second wind on the Indies and do some yeah. of the, the barfing or not because they're. I, like, I, like obviously you could tell I can't say enough good things about their work and their coaching
1: yeah it, it just it's it's I like connecting the NWA from the past to the present and uh, seeing seeing Los luchas or even Carl Anderson and Joey Ryan back in the day with the NWA tag titles and then again yeah. seeing another I'm gonna call you a soCal guy even though I know you're from Colorado but seeing another soCal guy with that belt. You know, as an, a lifelong NWA fan, that was pretty badass to me. So, I, I want to talk more about what got you to the NWA, but I do want to talk about your time in Japan. I want to talk about. I also want to talk about Paragon Pro Wrestling. Um, I, I want to talk about uh, 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 Jeff. and in sure. how how was working for that guy and how was working for Paragon pro wrestling?
0: You know, um, my thing with Paragon that I really took away from it was like, it was, it was a studio environment. So I got to learn how to do a little bit of studio wrestling. Obviously now I do it at a much higher level and, um, you know, it's like a a different, different beast when it's like the NWA or Championship wrestling from Hollywood. But, um, you know, it was a really good introduction to that style. Um, I met some some of my best friends in wrestling still today through Paragon. You know, my first time I ever worked at Scorpio Sky was there. Uh, I met Christian Cole, who I'm still good buddies with today. Blake Chadwick, Anthony Green, um, you know, Chris Levin. Like all these guys were really talented people. Like I, I think there's you can't say enough about some of the talent that was there. That was really like helped me has helped me out. But also people that like I still talk to them today. You know, like I, these are still people that I chat with. Um you know uh, I think there was a lot of really good talent even like you know backstage like Dilo was helping out with quite a bit of stuff Matt Stryker was helping out with stuff like to get to be agented or Sinbody for example as well like to be agented by people like that and to have them giving you feedback on your matches uh when you're still fairly green and new like I was still really young into my career at the time and uh like to have experienced leaders like that kind of you know giving me you know, this is an advanced way of how, this is what you should be doing or, or Gangrell was there and he was I mean, he still is actively working, but he was not technically uh, an agent, I don't believe. But like, he was still helping everyone out in an agent kind of way where he would give you feedback and give you advice. And I got to work a program with uh, Gangrel and like I th- th- those kind of valuable experiences um, were things that helped kind of shape my later career and get me the places that I've been now. So it's been really cool.
1: And then, of course, I, like I have to ask about the Dramatic Dream Team uh, working in Japan, uh, DDT. I mean, there's so much cool stuff with DDT. Of course, that's where Joey Ryan got famous for the dick flip. Um, they have a, a tendency to bring the Kaijins from the United States and Canada up there. Um, guys who, you know, all due respect, lesser known, but guys who can work. And and guys like you and D-Man Parker who are out there, Joey who was out there um tell me about I your you
0: experience Wrestle one actually say that again uh d-man went to for wrestle one i want to say
1: oh i thought he was in ddt as well maybe different times um but anyways so so talking about ddt how first of all how did you adapt to life in japan because you didn't go over there just for a show you were there for some time how was yeah. it being there and adapting to that environment
0: I mean, honestly, I always, from a very young age, was really into Japanese culture, uh, whether it be, um, you know, video games and uh, movies. Like, some of my favorite movies are uh, Kiro Kurosawa, uh, like, some of the samurai flicks and whatnot. I was always really into the food and the culture. So, like, I took it, I took to, like, actually being over there, like, a fish to water. I really, like, I, I loved my time in Japan, um... Hopefully I get to go back one day for sure. I think DDT is very underrated in terms of, like, uh, obviously they took a chance on me because I was really not well-known at all at the time. Um, but, like, there, you know, Kenny Omega came out of DDT. Right, uh, right. You know, um, you have people like like uh, El Generico, who's now Sammy Dane, uh, did tours over there. That was, I want to say that was one of the first places that Colt worked for in Japan, or at least he, I know that he did some tours with DDT. I guess I shouldn't, I, he's probably been to Japan a million times, but he, you know, <laughs> Colt did tours for them as well. Um, you know, Abushi um, came up from DDT. Like, the some of the top guys that they have there now, like Kanosuke Takashita, or Tetsuya Endo, like, those are guys that are going to be top staples of Japanese pro wrestling, no matter what company they work for. If they stay with DDT, or if they uh end up you know with new japan or somewhere else like these are guys that are top top workers there so i think that DDT is a really interesting um mixture of like there's some there's obviously some some comedy quite a bit which is what they're kind of known for but their actual workers are, are top class and i learned a ton being over there and uh you know, Speedball Mike Bailey was over there on all my tours, and he's a great friend of mine. And he, I can't say enough about his work, you know, he's blowing it up all over the world, but uh, still there for DDT right now. And I want to say he just did a tour with WXW in Germany where I heard he had a match with uh, Bandito that is like match of the year, which probably like we'll be the, rest of the year if we, if we don't get back to wrestling this year. But uh, right. you, uh you know, like I, their talent levels, the talent levels over there at DDT, I think, honestly, get. Don't get enough credit because people just think of, you know, like some of the crazy or the funny spots that they've done, which are also really great and really innovative too. Like, I don't want to take away from that because they're also doing something that's different than what a lot of other people are doing, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. How did you get hooked up with that? Like, who who did you go through? Like, who did they find
0: you, or did you find somebody else? I um. So I basically. I was always really into Japanese culture, like I had said. And so I always wanted to wrestle in Japan was a big goal of mine and not just like, as like a bucket list, like obviously wrestling in Japan is a big, um, like resume kind of thing that a lot of people want to do. Um, but for me, it was also like this childhood thing that I was always into. Um, so at one day I was just like, Hey, I don't really think this is going to work, but I basically just cold called every company that I'd like heard of or that I really knew about that was in Japan I just sent my re- I had a resume I had matches and I just sent it out And I was just hoping and praying that they would respond I stayed on it and I stayed on it and I kept messaging these people and DDT was the only one that was very responsive and at first they were kind of like no we don't really have anything and then they had this uh thing called the DNA Grand Prix and Someone got injured uh, a little ways before, and they were looking for, I guess, a gaijin for a replacement, and they decided to take a flyer on me. And so my first tour was the DNA Grand Prix, which is also really cool because basically I was there for a little over a week, and I was just wrestling every day, every day in like a a round-robin block-style format or whatever. So I got to work a variety of people, and in singles matches, I got to uh, do a match with... uh, Kazu Higuchi, who I think is really, really good. And he's finally, last year at Mania, he got to get exposed to some new fans and they were like, oh wow, this guy is quite impressive. And and he did like some of the Evolve shows and stuff too. He's really, really good, but I got to do uh, a main event match with him at Shinjuku Face, which was really freaking cool and an amazing experience for me. Um, And then uh, after that, getting to come back and do some of the tours with DDT for you know, I'd be there for a couple months or a month or whatever, and really get to, um, you know, like they have a a tour bus and we get to go all over and experience different kinds of foods and cultures. And, uh, the different areas of Japan was like, I mean, like I said, it was a dream come true. And I can't say enough about their crew over there. In addition to being really, really good at wrestling and really, really good at comedy and moments and whatnot. They're also just like a top notch, top class uh, group of people. Like they are all really cool and accepting of me. And like, I didn't feel like I was getting hazed or like everyone was like, all right, you're here. That means that we trust you, that you can like, you'll earn your spot that you're, you know, you're one of us. So it was just like the pressure was off in terms of that. Like now it was almost more pressure for myself to be like, I can't let these people down because they're putting their trust and their faith. in me. you know what I mean? Right. Right. Totally get that. So let's, I know we're
1: kind of running out of time, but um, let's talk about championship wrestling from Hollywood. Cause uh, you just more or less wrapped up about two and a half years at championship wrestling from Hollywood. And, and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your butt, but you literally were the guy. I mean, uh, you came in, they, they partnered you with uh, Jamie Iovine. Um, Things went very well. The pairing was worked well. You were the United wrestling network TV champion, briefly held both titles, the Hollywood heritage title. Um, All the while, starting to make these appearances for the nwa and they they built a stable around you in 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 the relationship with jamie i mean let's talk about hollywood and how much was it fun did you have a good time was it hard tell me about that
0: i i i loved working with hollywood hollywood was a lot of fun um you know i it was a continuation of like learning that studio wrestling style and uh, obviously getting to work with jamie who is someone that you know, I still have a lot of respect for him. He's one of my good friends. Um, you know, he's, he's a really good dude. Um, you know, I, it was really cool. I, you know, I, I immediately, I feel like Hollywood was just like a place I felt like at home. Um, and, you know, uh, Yuma was like the booker there for quite a bit of time. And to get to work with a guy like that, that I had watched him and BHK when they were on PWG. So it was like, oh man, like this is a really, uh, I, it was it was a, like an, one of those, like life is circular like wow like now i'm working with this guy and he's someone that i have a lot of respect for and i i still talk to on a daily basis um and getting to work you know programmed with guys like i think andy brown's really really underrated and he's one of those guys that i wish would you know he should get out there and he should blow up more uh but getting to do that big program with him that culminated in the ladder match was awesome you know getting to work uh uh Bateman and such a like basically we feuded for all the whole last year darn near, and he's an amazing talent and he's finally getting his just due at Ring of Honor, which is really cool. Um, you know, I got to work some really awesome matches. Like I got to work um uh Joey Ryan one on one. Uh and he's a really underrated guy in terms of his actual technical wrestling is amazing. Like people forget that he used to be the technical wizard Joey Ryan. They right, just think right. did flip or whatever. Um, and then I obviously one of my biggest uh, matches that at the time it was already a really big like obviously this is a big deal match but I didn't realize how much of an impact it would have on me was uh, getting to wrestle Nick Aldis one on one and uh, go tooth and nail with him for 15 minutes was something that uh, you know there there was obviously I was able to show that I could hold my own and that I had my you know what my value was and me and Nick struck up a friendship from that and You know, pretty soon after that, I started working with the NWA itself, and I don't think any of that would have happened without me being at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood first, getting used to that studio style, and also getting exposed to people like Nick Aldis and, you know, Dave Lagana and Billy Corgan and whatnot, so uh, I can't say enough good things about my time at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood because it made me who I am today.
1: And then, uh, the Crockett Cup. Now, I was one of the guys that was actually there, and I popped because... I saw you, somebody who I've been watching for weeks. I, I take your pictures when I'm at the shows. I watch you online, and to see you in that environment, and I wasn't expecting you. I don't think any of the other fans were either. And all you of sudden, a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden you show up, and I'm like, holy, holy shit, that's Royce yep. Isaacs. Yep. And and then the pairing seems so random with you and and uh, Tom. It, it just seemed out of nowhere, and you guys worked, you know. As far as I know, that's the first match you guys ever worked together, and you guys looked very crisp, very clean, very professional. How was it uh, getting that opportunity at the Crockett Cup to be the wild card tag team, and of course the pairing with Latimer ever since? You guys have been, you know, money if you don't mind me saying. It's been it's been fun to watch you guys the maturation from the Crockett Cup to winning the tag titles to you know. Bean in the NWA, wrestling the Rock and Roll Express for crying out loud. I mean, yeah, t- tell me about that.
0: Yeah, man. No, I I, um, I think it's one of those things that like me and Tom immediately kind of, there was that chemistry there that, you know, it, it was definitely like a, a, a random pairing that like at first it was like, all right, how are we going to find where we fit together and whatnot? But pretty soon like everything started snapping and it was like all right, we have like attitude wise, even though like it's like I'm I'm the kind of guy that listens to rap, he's the kind of guy that listens to death metal, you know, like he's wearing a <laughs> kilt, I'm wearing tassels. We started to find more and more similarities in the the areas that are important, like uh in terms of like, okay, yeah, like we our style's a little bit different, but our attitude is the same and the kind of things that we want are the same. And so it's like when you have something like that, like the actual principles, the important stuff is, you know, we're 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 right there together Um, you know we both are guys that work hard and want the best for ourselves and have the same kind of attitudes as far as like how to get get stuff accomplished and and where we want to go with the NWA especially it was like just uh, things gelled a lot quicker than I could have ever hoped and uh, I'm just excited to once once things get back to normal to get to even you know bigger heights with him and to to kind of grow that relationship even more because I feel like um we kept it's like every time there was another set of tapes we kept hitting another gear and another gear and another gear. So once things are really back to the way we um, you know we were and whatnot, we're only gonna keep hitting more you know a next gear and and you know it's like we our, ta- our our tag team chemistry from the start it felt like a natural love fit but man, I feel like you know, This is with a year of us being together and us tagging, basically. It'll be a year next month. And, you know, there's been big gaps of time where we haven't even gotten to tag as much. So once we were able to be consistent and tag quite a bit, I I feel like, you know, it's like there's there's no ceiling except for where we choose to have it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Tell me, because I have a great photo that I want to use anyways, but tell me how it was just... Punching Robert Gibson right in the soloplex, just giving it to him. One of the best pictures I've ever taken at a wrestling show. And you're just giving it to Robert Gibson. Tell me what it was like working with the Rock
0: and Roll Express. Man, um, you know, I think for me, it's great because we were still, or we are still, you know, like getting, like we, we're a year into tagging together. Whereas these guys have been tagging together for 30 years each. You know what I mean? Like it's like they've had this crazy long career together, consistently killing it. So it's almost like we got to get this like crash course, and this is how to be. You know, this is how to get that tag chemistry up and work together. Um, You know, I I really enjoyed our matches with them. I think we've had some really successful matches with the Rock and Roll Express, where you know everyone's come out of it as a greater. Greater team than when they went into it, you know, as far as how they looked, you know, going into it and whatnot. And I think it's been great for us and great for uh, for them. So I I'm enjoying it. I'm glad they're getting to get this uh, this this run at this point in their career, and they've been able to help us so much with our tag team work together that it's been it's been crazy. And it's and like I said, me and my dad watched Rock and Roll Express when I was a kid, so it's also this weird like circular thing where like. And my dad lives in South Carolina, so he gets to go to all the NWA shows. So to get him watching me wrestling a team that he grew up watching, you know, and that I grew up watching that we watched together is insane.
1: That's that's really cool, man. That's that's really cool. Well, I know we were going to try to keep this to about 30 minutes and we just surpassed that. So I want to thank you for your time today, Royce. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. I know uh, a lot of the Alliance wrestling fans are really looking forward to hearing this uh, interview. And we wish you nothing but the best uh, coming up. I know that uh, everything's on pause. But uh, how can guys follow you, Instagram, Twitter? Are you on TikTok yet? What are you doing?
0: <laughs> I am not on TikTok yet because I'm trying not to give my information to the Chinese government. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> kidding. It's just heard. Um, no, uh, at Roy Isaacs on Instagram, at Roy Isaacs on Twitter. Um, if you're interested in supporting and buying some merch, I have pics of all my stuff on there. Actually, I'm wearing my wild card shirt right now now um if you like that and you're good to go make sure obviously that your own bills are paid first but if, if anyone out there wants to uh, get get merch you know pictures shirts whatever uh i can mail that out to you um just dm me holler at your boy and mm-hmm. you know uh obviously keep uh watching all the nwa keeps trying to put out more and more content that we can use uh for the show uh you know to in to, in, in lieu of having power so keep watching that and uh if if you were able to kind of watch this and get your uh your mind off things for a little bit and get some enjoyment out of it i just really appreciate that you know
1: yeah well hey i want to say thanks again and uh we'll see you uh we'll see you soon
0: hey thanks man i I appreciate it brother
1: yeah have a good one hey guys so (laughs) how about that huh an impromptu interview with Mr. Royce Isaacs. Actually, we've been planning that for about a week or so, but very excited that he came on today. Um, please make sure you support your NWA, uh, wrestling talents. Um, your friends, if you will, uh, every Tuesday night on YouTube at about six oh five Eastern, the NWA, uh, post content, please digest that content. Please watch. I mean, you're, you're really helping out these guys. And like Roy said, the NWA is, uh, Taking care of their talent, so um, as fans of the brand, I really would encourage you guys to check that out. Um, that's going to do it for us this uh, this episode, and uh, you know we're talking about doing some more talk NWA episodes coming up here in the near future. And of course, we're still reaching out to you, Miss Thunder Rosa. We would like to do a sit down interview with you as well. But uh, of course, you could follow everything that we're doing at Alliance dash wrestling.com your number one source for news and information for the national wrestling Alliance. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Tumblr. You can follow us at Twitch TV. You can follow us at YouTube, which you're watching right now, Instagram, uh, Facebook, um, tick even though Mr. I six isn't on it. We are. So make sure you check us out. And again, uh, We wouldn't do this if it wasn't for you guys watching. So again, we appreciate you checking us out every week. Um, Of course, Tuesdays at 5.05 Eastern, 2.05 Pacific, we do the pre-party. Make sure you join us. But until next time, I'll see you at the matches.